When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Brave the Wild. With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today. Well, things started great. You had the best line in the NHL, the best ever, and then they got a little too cute the next couple games, and uh, well, we end up with a split instead of a 3-1 and or something like that. So yeah, so much for the... Uh, the winning streak there, eh? <laughs> Five-game winning streak snapped in a big way against the worst team in the league. We lose to Arizona again. And a 7-1, to one, yeah, well, you know, up and down the ice for the Avalanche. And it was an Avalanche, all right. Um, up and down the ice for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Radnan, Gabriel Landeskog, Tyson Berry, and Verlamov is back. And they look like the Avalanche about 15 years ago or whatever you want to say. Uh, Forsberg and Sackick and, yeah, I don't know. Or even like the Avalanche a couple of years ago before the Wild started to play stronger and knocked them out at the end of the day. Whichever team it was, they looked like the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, yeah, a competitive Colorado Avalanche team in the Wild looked like uh, they didn't belong on the ice, eh? They really didn't look like they belonged on the ice. And uh, yeah, when you lose to Arizona, it sucks. You know, I wanted to come in and be all positive because there was so much fun. You know, the Wild make a comeback after the most dangerous lead in hockey, the 2 nothing lead by the Sharks. San Jose Sharks and Excel Energy Center. The Wild win that one. Crushed Mike Yo 8-3. How fun was that? 26 points for the top line in hockey in just three games. Eric Stahl, Mikhail Granlund, and Jason Zucker looking like world beaters. Tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe. But then it got a little too cute. Too many tic-tac-toes. And yeah, <laughs> Bruce Boudreau said it perfectly about that in the Arizona game. And things changed so quickly. And then Colorado was able to get cute all they wanted against the Wild because they're just up and down the ice. I mean, it was ridiculous. And well, there's your week in a nutshell there. So, bummer. That's it. The show's over. Uh, Mike Madonna to Eric Stahl. Okay, I'm just kidding. Let's move on. Uh, San Jose Sharks game, 25th of February. Let's get started. Four games to review, three games to preview. Three games to preview. Yes, sir. And then, of course, we look at the prospects a little bit and yeah, college teams are getting into their uh, tournaments, conference tournaments anyway, before the big old NCAA tournament later this month. That's always fun. I'm not sure the Gophers are going to be in it. In fact, I highly doubt it at this point. Uh, Gopher basketball, that's not even, uh, yeah, they won't even make the NIT. A lot of you know that as well. Uh, the fourth line and the and the top line playing very well. Matt Collin continuing to find the back of the net. Got to like what he's able to do. He was able to get his seventh goal to get things going after the Sharks opened things up there. one nothing, 2 nothing. Uh, late in the first period for Joakim Ryan and Chris Tierney, his 15th goal of the year, kind of just missed, just shot it high past uh, Dubnik, and the Sharks able to take a 2-0 lead. I was a little surprised Stalock wasn't in net for this one going against his former team, but it is what it is. Um, I was just very impressed with the Wild after that. They just kind of took it to the Sharks after the Sharks kind of took it to the Wild. The first period and early into the second, it didn't look good at all. The Sharks clearly were the better team, especially in that first period. Pretty dominant. The Wild looked lackadaisical. The Wild looked kind of out of it, kind of disinterested. And Martin Jones was awesome the entire game. I mean, all, all the way to the bitter end, Martin Jones was great. Uh, he almost felt bad with uh, almost felt bad for him after things uh, went sour the way they did. Uh, again, slow start for the Wild, but then the aggressiveness just took over. They wound up getting 41 shots on net, and of course three getting past Martin Jones, who again was spectacular throughout the night. Save percentage still about 93 in the game. This one did go to overtime. Matt Collins, seventh goal of the year. Jer Jared Spurgeon, a couple points in this game. Marcus Foligno's been quietly picking up points the past couple games here. That fourth line has been pretty solid, obviously. Matt Collins, Marcus Foligno, and, of course, Daniel Winnick. 
Again, a lot of people out there keep talking about they'd rather have Chris Stewart than Daniel Winnick. I'm kind of on the other side of that one. Uh, Chris Stewart can play. I respect that very much. And in the old days, he would have been a better player in the in the 90s. In the 80s and 90s, he would have been a better player, just a better fit for that era, his his style of play. Uh, he makes mistakes sometimes, and he's not quick enough. His his hands are fantastic, obviously. He's got great hands and all that. Uh, plays a physical brand of hockey when he, when he, when he wants to, which is usually he does. <laughs> um, he's a good player. He went on to Calgary. Of course, Mike Riley uh, also traded, not at this point yet, uh, Mike Riley Having a pretty, having a couple of pretty embarrassing uh, mistakes in this game, which helped lead to these two goals. By the way, Mike Riley's on the bench, shaking his head. You know, <laughs> he's had ten points for the Wild um, along the way, two goals, eight assists in his final. This was ended up being his final game with the Minnesota Wild down the stretch. Uh, that's why he'd been playing. They're showcasing him. So now, ultimately, you get to see Gustav Olofsson and, of course, Nick Sealer off and on throughout the uh, the week here. Strange uh, defensive pairing going into the Colorado game, which I'm not sure what that was about. It didn't help, that's for sure. We'll talk about that when the time comes. And uh, Nick Steeler again on the second pairing, getting 18 minutes. That's nice. Uh, Prosser and Riley uh, at the end there, the third pairing. Riley making multiple mistakes. He was a very deserved minus two. Again, making multiple mistakes, leading to the Sharks' two goals. Figured, oh, great, there goes his value. But the Wild do wind up getting a fifth-round pick for him, so that that's okay. He, uh, he was taken higher in the draft. I think his offensive skill is that of somebody that should be taken in something like the second round. I think he's his offense is solid, almost first-round level. Uh, but his defense and his, his skating... Is puck handling all very much questionable? I, you know, I, I don't understand why his puck handling is so sporadic, and his skating is just strange. Like he's terrible in traffic, and he can't stay on his feet sometimes. And again, he loses the puck sometimes. Poor decisions with his passing, but generally, it's just he gets knocked off the puck very easily, which is not good if you're a defenseman in the NHL, which can obviously lead to odd man rushes. And it did a couple times against the San Jose Sharks. Luckily, the wild were uh, <laughs> lucky. The wild woke up in a big way after this two, nothing. And they end up winning the game. Colin getting one there. Of course, Eric Stahl working with Zucker <clears throat> along the way, getting his 30th goal of the season. Again, nice pass by Zucker at the end of the day. But again, Ryan Studer also getting the puck on that, helping Stahl finish for his 30th goal of the season. And then you go into overtime. You get chances, a couple chances here and there. And the Sharks get chances. But generally, the Wild were better in the overtime period. And then you keep getting this this feeling like Martin Jones is stopping everything. You do not want to go to the shootout against Martin Jones. I think we're going to lose if you go to the shootout. And it's like, damn, you make the comeback and you're probably going to lose because Martin Jones is so sharp. And then you see something awesome happen. Uh, (laughs) Brent Burns has the puck. Jared Spurgeon tips it away, passes it off to Zucker. Kind of a bit of a give and go in a sense, or a comeback or whatever you want to call it. Zucker, then back to Spurgeon, who was pretty much wide open, had plenty of space. That's what it's all about, getting some damn space. And that's what the Wild had a hard time doing oftentimes in this game. Uh, the Sharks were blocking a lot of shots. The Wild were attempting a trillion shots in this game. 41 miraculously got on net at the end of the day. But Spurgeon with a beautiful wrister and clutch once again, putting the puck right where he wanted it, his eighth goal of the season. So there it was a wonderful finish. Spurgeon had a very, very good game. And it was just cool to see him take the puck away from Brent Burns, a guy you could say is his counterpart in a lot of ways. The top right shot defenseman on the Wild versus the former top right shot defenseman for the Wild with the San Jose Sharks stealing the puck away. And finishing on a little give and go with Jason Zucker. That was awesome. And the Wild beat Martin Jones. Not much Jones could do with that one. It was just too quick. And there, there it was. The Wild ended up winning 3-2. to two. Now we quickly move on to the St. Louis game on national television. Nothing better than crushing Mike Yo and the St. Louis Blues on national television. <sighs> he almost had multiple hat tricks in this game. Granlin almost had another one. This line just looks like... <laughs> they look like Gretzky. And Curry out there. I mean, unbelievable. Yari Curry, or say even Messier and Gretzky and Curry on a power play. Stuff like that. That's what they looked like out there. Uh, Zucker ended up ending up getting his 26th there on the power play from Suter and Stahl. Stahl's 30th assist. And you had Granlin getting his 18th. I mean, you see just such beautiful passes. Jake Allen was terrible. He wound up getting pulled. Uh, Mikhail Granlin getting his 19th goal. Sealer's second assist along the way. That was nice to see. Sealer was able to move the puck forward to Granlin, who was able to finish. 
again, uh, St. Louis Tarasenko scored two goals for the St. Louis Blues, and Angelo added the, his 10th goal of the season as well. Tarasenko at 26. So it's like you sit down and think about it, how, you know, we talk about how the Wild don't have goal scorers, this and that, but then you got Zucker with 26. He has as many as Tarasenko, who is having a slightly down year. Uh, Eric Stahl's got 33 at the end of this game after the hat trick. Just an unbelievable overall night for Eric Stahl, making it look easy. Spectacular passes from Jason Zucker along the way. Uh, that was his 31st goal of the year. Zucker with an incredible pass. And you could read Eric Stahl's list yelling, what a pass. That was awesome. Koivu finally... You know, ending another semi-goal streak there, goalless streak. It seems like he's always on a goalless streak, but he's been a bit better in that department finally the last few, uh, the last week or two. Uh, Charlie Coyle and Parisi teaming up. That's kind of like the no-scoring line. That's what I want to call that line. It's the second line. It might as well be the third line. I know because things have changed so much now, obviously. Coyle, Parisi, and Koivu. It's like the no-scoring line. They, they work together decently on this one. Again, Again, the lines shuffle slightly here and there. Nita Ryder's been with Koivu. Nita Ryder's been on the third line with Ak and Ennis. It's kind of been back and forth. Uh, yep, Ak and Ennis generally. And then you got Colin Felino Winnick on the fourth line. And those guys have played very well together, believe it or not. The past few last few weeks here, they've been playing great. Uh, they didn't get in the net. They didn't get the clock in the net in this game, but still, they've played strong for the most part. But what a fun game against the St. Louis Blues, making Mike Yo look silly. And Carter Hutton, one of the best goalies in the league, coming in this game to help out after uh, <laughs> Jake Allen struggled so much. And Carter Hutton ends up giving up five goals in the game. Jake Allen faced only eight shots and had three goals against, and he struggled so mightily after a fairly strong start to the season and, of course, an unbelievable playoffs last year, which pissed us all off. Cutton, oh, Cutton, Cutton. Hutton, very strong in that most of the season, but certainly not in this particular night, as he would give up five goals along the way. Felt bad for him a little bit, because I know he's better than that. But again, that wild top line, just playing spectacular, making great tic-tac-toe passes, working together, and finishing time and time again. It is a beautiful, beautiful sight. And it's like, the, the only problem is you only count on one line to score, even though Koivu Parisi, Koivu and Parisi have been working together pretty well of late. Parisi's been picking up the assists, and that's helpful as he was able to get one in this game again. Parisi kind of getting it out to uh, Koivu and up finishing on a wrister shot from Miko Koivu. Kind of getting close to the net, crashing to the net was Koivu on a nice centering pass from Parisi. And it's helpful in a big way. Uh, but an overall super fun game. Positive night for just about everybody. Nice to see Parisi factoring in the scoring again. Not so much the goals though he did. He he would get one against uh, Arizona. But uh, nice to see Parisi finally putting some points on the board. That's what counts at the end of the day. But the story of these couple games is definitely the top line. Again, 26 points for that group of guys. When you combine the goals and assists for all of them. Again, Granlin with so many assists and goals. And it's just spectacular. Uh, Zucker adding a goal and several assists in this game as well. Even Cuevo went up with two points. Uh, Granlin with four points, two goals, two assists. Jason Zucker, one goal, four assists in the game. Spectacular. And in the past, you thought of Zucker, a guy who wasn't much of a passer, but he certainly brought in some of that Granlin playmaking ability the past two years and such when the chemistry is working anyway. Eric Stahl with two assists to go along with his hat trick as the hats did fly at the end of the day. First goal was was counted to someone else. Everybody thought he had a hat trick, but then the second one was the right one, and there was the real hat trick for Eric Stahl, an overall insane, awesome game for him. Uh, hell, hell yes. <laughs> Plus four throughout the night for that, that line. And they just stepped up and had a spectacular game. So that's pretty much where we'll wrap things up with this one. Can't say Devin Dubnik was spectacular in that, but he was, he was good enough. And at the end of the day, see, in the past, giving up three goals against St. Louis was like, oh boy, this can't be good. But the offense was flowing so well, it didn't even matter. Uh, I don't know if the Wild may be getting a little too cute here and there. And St. Louis still has talented players, even though they're dropping off the face of the earth. Right now, they're actually a point behind the Colorado Avalanche. The Wild still clinging to that third division leader spot with 79 points at this stage upon losing to the Colorado Avalanche. You head into Arizona two days later. Okay, is Stalock going to be in net? Yes, Stalock is in net. We want. It's like you think Stalock should have been in net against the Sharks. Dubnik and that against his former team. 
and then take your chances against Colorado. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't think anything would have stopped Colorado, but maybe Dubnik and Nett would have helped a little bit. Uh, Stalock was not good in this game, and I don't know why. He just wasn't sharp. He was missing passes. Uh, he was missing shots from far away. I mean, he had clear sight of the puck. No, He wasn't screened or anything. I understand, you know, it's harder when they raise the puck and all that, but it's doable. Knock it away. Stop it. I, I don't know what happened to uh, Stalock in this game. Just wasn't sharp. And the Wild in general weren't sharp. Again, the top line getting a little too cute in this one, and it didn't pay off at all. Parisi wound up getting his fourth goal of the season on a pretty good play. Niederreiter and Eck working together with Parisi. That's like a no-scoring line. <laughs> but hey, they factored. And they actually put the Wild up one nothing, And then things went downhill after that very quickly. Koivu ended up scoring his 11th goal of the season. We appreciated that in a big way. <laughs> the timing of it was like, mm, maybe the Wild could have had uh, more power play time, but it, it's okay. That's just how it goes, <laughs> given the circumstances. Too bad if he didn't score a teeny bit earlier, the Wild would have still been on the power play, but that's how it goes sometimes. Just uh, bad luck there, I suppose, with the timing. 11th goal of the season for Koivu, only 11 goals. But Arizona... Making it look semi-easy in this one at the end of the day. <sighs> I mean, they were just, up, they were, they were opportunistic. I mean, the Wild were leading the, <laughs> the shots category, 8 to nothing, 11 to nothing, this and that. It was 25 to 8 at one point. And then Arizona started scoring and things started changing. Once they get one goal, their confidence kind of took over and they started playing solid hockey. The, the Wild started getting more and more lackadaisical and out of focus, out of position. And Arizona ends up winning the game. Of course, an empty net goal, pretty ridiculous, like playing pool, basically, off the eye, off the glass. Jordan Matinuk. Jordan Matinuk. Jordan Matinuk. Martinuk, pardon me. Jordan Martinuk. Yeah, just off the glass. Just kind of ringed it off the glass, and it went all the way into the net. I'm not sure that was his intent, just trying to clear the puck and run the clock down. And it went in. Uh, regardless, it would have run the clock out anyway. 1949 was when the puck actually crossed the line. Matt Collin did get his eighth goal of the season, crashing the net. And with the Wild within one goal with seven minutes remaining. That's plenty of time. Unfortunately, unable to finish though against Anti Ranta. Not Darcy Kemper, Anti Ranta. And that, to a lot of people's disappointment. Uh, Kevin Connaughton's goal, too. It's just, why? I mean, again, just right past. Right past Stalock, clear sight of the puck, nobody, no screening, nothing. It wasn't anything spectacular, just putting the puck on net, and it went right past the Stalock. It's unbelievable. Past the shoulder there, The, uh, the it, it would be his left shoulder. Crazy, crazy, but that's the kind of night it was. Colin's eighth goal of the season, working together with Ennis and Foligno. Again, Colin crashing the net a bit there and able to get it past Anti Ranta, putting the Wild in the right, right in the mix there, unfortunately, which uh, ultimately led to the empty net goal. Martinuk off the glass, all the way down the ice, perfect angle, just lucky, pure luck. Puck luck is what you want to call that one, and that's what Arizona had. Very frustrating. I've uh, been extremely impressed with Matt Collin. Uh, glad he didn't get traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. There was always uh, a possibility of that, but the Wild have been playing well enough that you wouldn't want to trade away Matt Collin. That would kind of damage things in a big way. Uh, again, Jonas Brodeen returned against the St. Louis Blues, so Nick Seeler down with Nate Prosser on the third pairing once again. Spurgeon and Brodeen working together. Dumb has been hanging out with Suter on that top pairing for a while now. As Bruce Boudreaux said, hey, you know, you're not going to just get with your, your way all the time. we got to mix things up here so you get some scoring down a bit with uh, Jared Spurgeon with the second uh, pairing. We don't, we don't need to constantly please everybody all the time. Uh, in Ryan Suter's case, and well, I mean, the chemistry's been okay with those guys. Uh, Dumba did wind up getting an assist in the Arizona game, so good for him there. It's 36 point in the season, but overall, a disappointing night. A game you needed to win, and really no excuse that you didn't win. It's it's Arizona. I mean, I know they're playing loose. They're playing loosey-goosey. They're all kind of happy with themselves right now, and they have a solid future with uh with Clayton Keller, and they're going to add another piece in, in in the draft, maybe even through free agency, this and that, because their salary cap isn't a big problem at this moment. I can't imagine it would be. 
Charlie Coyle had a pretty lousy game, but still managed to get an assist, so good for him there at least. But overall, not a good game for Charlie Coyle, and not a good game for really anybody. That top line looked like crud. They were a minus two in the game, every one of them. Um, very disappointing at the end of the day. Um, lousy. Lousy game, and that's all there is to say. Speaking of lousy games, they don't get much lousier than the Colorado one. They look like the Detroit Red Wings versus the Wild in their first season, or I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they look like the late 90s Detroit Red Wings. They they really did. Uh, up and down the ice like it's nothing. You make even the slightest mistake, you're even slightly out of position, and they're skating right past you. It's three on one, three on two at best, and they were able to do whatever they wanted against Devin Dubnik. Uh, just awful. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel Landeskog with the tip in early. Things would continue to down spiral later and later. Nathan McKinnon with 30 goals on the season. He'd probably have closer to 40 if he didn't miss a significant amount of time. He's on a four-game goal streak. Good for him. Mikko Ratinen, a guy who's emerged very nicely for this club. Them being the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Landeskog has calmed down a bit. He's become a, He's become a better captain for this team. And, you know... Landeskog, you know, like you think him as the, you know, Koivu, kind of a Koivu type of role. Like, obviously, yeah, obviously a center, kind of a defensive, physical type of guy like Koivu can be. 21 goals in the season. I mean, what if Koivu was the guy with 21 goals? Think of how much better the Wild would be. I mean, you know, and think of how much better Koivu would be in general. But it's just, he's just never that guy, and it's so heartbreaking. Usually in his best seasons, Koivu maybe gets 20 by the end of the year, maybe. And then, like, 30 assists, 50 points. Uh, you know, it's 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 disappointing, disheartening. You, you wish Claybrook could be a little bit better, and he's not getting any younger, and you sign him to a two-year extension for like four and a half million per. Uh, boy, it's not helping any salary cap, that's for sure, at all. Uh, Tyson Berry, like I mentioned earlier, just making it look easy again, rifling it past Dubnik. They make it look so easy to this club. Um, nice future for a lot of these guys. Obviously, McKinnon starting to reach that potential now. You're starting to see what McKinnon is all about and why he was taken number one in the draft after a great rookie season and three lousy drop-off seasons after that. Here he is in season number five, looking like a world beater now. He would have 40 goals, most likely, if not for the uh, the injury that made him miss about three weeks there. Luckily, only three and not four to six, which was originally projected. But uh, Colorado, again, having their way. They look like the Red Wings right now. And again, I'm saying the late 90s Red Wings are just skated past everybody. The Fedorovs and the, and the Eisermans and all those stars that played for that club. Veterans and youth along the way. <sighs> they look pretty damn good. <sighs> Boy, Tyson Berry, I gotta like what he brings. He's just getting started. Uh, Miko Ratnan, just getting started. Mm. And it's not going to be easy. At all, uh, Varlamov is a bit of a veteran now. He played with the Washington Capitals with uh, <laughs> with uh, Bruce Boudreau. How weird is that when you put that connection together? But he did. So Simon Var- Varlamov. He wound up with the uh, Colorado Avalanche via trade years later. He stepped up reasonably after a couple of down seasons. He's had a uh, better season this year now that he's back again there again after missing a significant amount of time. Uh, looking solid in that, and Colorado could very easily be a playoff team this year. And why shouldn't they be? <sighs> they look like Eric Stahl and Mikhail Granlin right now. Uh, Nathan McKinnon and Ratnan, they're a lot younger than... Uh, they're, well, they're younger than Granlin and they're a lot younger than Eric Stahl. And boy, nine points in those guys. <laughs> it feels good, huh? feels good being on the other end of one of these, doesn't it? That's about all I have to say about it. It's just Colorado look great. Uh, Luke Cunning with his, with his uh, return to the Minnesota Wild... Almost had one with Nino Niederreiter very, very early. Almost had one. I mean, just about. Could have put the Wild up one nothing. Would have been beautiful. Nice pass by Luke Cunning. Niederreiter just, oh, good stop by uh, Verlamov. A better, it was more of a good stop by Verlamov than Niederreiter unable to score, that type of thing. Great uh, job getting in there, blocking the puck low there with the, with the pads. Uh, Niederreiter unable to raise the puck in time. Not enough space. It's just one of those things. Kind of nice pass, though, and unfortunately didn't work out at the end of the day. So glad to have Cunning back with the Minnesota Wild again, playing on a line with Eck and uh, Niederreiter. Interesting combination there. And not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. They'll, they'll work things out as they go there. Um, that's pretty much the third line. Yep. Obviously, uh, Parisi and Parisi Koy, uh, Koivu. Coil have been working together, and of course the top line is what it is, but they, you know, have gone from a team, from a, a group of guys that scored 26 points to 
guys that have scored zero the last two. So, boy, things change quick, don't they? Final thing here. What the heck is this? Two left-shot defensemen on the final uh, on the third pairing? Gustav Olsen, Nick Steeler, that didn't work out too good. Um, I, You know, it's not the end of the day, or it's not the end of the world or anything when you have two left-shot defensemen working together, but it didn't work out that well, did it? Uh, you had Dumba and Spurgeon at times. Uh, hmm, kind of a strange situation there. Uh, I don't know. I... Uh, I, I was confused with the two left shot defensive down at the bottom there, uh, having Nate Prosser out. Prosser, I I don't know if he if he'd been dinged up a little bit or what the deal is, or you just want to get Gustav Olsson back out there. I can totally understand that. Obviously, uh, you're certainly not trading him now, at least not until the summer, if you do trade him, um, which the Wild might do. You never know if we're really uh, enthusiastic about uh, Carson Soucy, and I don't blame the Wild if they are. He's he's a He's been phenomenal down there with Iowa. Maybe not phenomenal, but he's been outstanding. He's the top-plus guy on the team. So we'll get back to that in a moment here in the second segment. Let's wrap up this one. The Mike McDonough Award for this group of games is going to be Eric Stahl. He was unbelievable. Again, he was leading the way with that top line, got the hat trick. He's been Mr. Consistency all year. Uh, he's going to get 40 goals this year. At least, I would hope so. Don't do a Charlie Coyle. Get your 33rd goal, or in the Coyle's case, get his 20th goal. I thought Coyle for sure was going to get his 30th at some point. It was the end of February, 20th goal, and then didn't score until game three of the playoffs. Like, what the hell against the Dallas Stars? Remember that a couple of years ago in the John Torchetti uh, stint there? Oh, Lord. But I don't think that's going to happen for Stahl, even though it's been quiet the past two games. He'll get it going again. Eric Stahl will have 40 goals for the first time since his early days with the Hurricanes, that 100-point season. Unbelievable in a Stanley Cup championship year. Not sure the Wild are headed in that direction, but who knows? <laughs> you know, the LA Kings proved anybody can win the Cup, even if you're the eighth seed. They proved it, even though that team earlier that season was pretty awesome. Eric Stahl, Mike McDonald Award winner. The... James Shepard is going to finally go to Nito Niederreiter. I'm just, you know, this is kind of like a, even though he had a couple moments this week, he still didn't finish. And just in general, he's not the same guy. He's slow. He's inconsistent. Yeah, is he still nursing that injury? More than likely. High ankle sprains suck. But, I mean, you got to be fair here. He's not been playing well. He doesn't look good. Uh, Coyle, I think, is going to share it with him. He's not had a good week at all. He never scores, ever. Uh, you just don't like what, you know, I've not been liking what I'm seeing from Coyle or Nito Niederreiter. Uh, it's like you wish, you know, it, it comes to it, I think by the time Kirill Kaprizov is on the ice, at least one of those two guys will be gone. One of those two. Granlin, I don't want to lose Granlin. He's one of those extremely valuable pieces. He's not Nathan McKinnon good, but Miko Ratnan level, maybe, kind of, sort of. He's 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 up there. Obviously, Miko Ratnan's having a huge season, but he's playing with Nathan McKinnon. That helps. Um... Man, Tyson Berry's got, oh my God, Tyson Berry has 41 points already. Oh, and he missed a lot of time too. A lot of these Colorado Avalanche got hurt. <laughs> He's got 41 points. Damn, that's incredible. With significant time missed, about three, four weeks there for Tyson Berry. Wow, wow. <laughs> I can't even believe that. Um, Stahl is just one point away from last year. Okay, let's wrap up this segment. I'm dragging now. So there it is. Coyle and Nita Ryder, very disappointing this past week. Take a break, come back, preview three games, get into the prospects, call it a show, talk to you then. Segment number two, we're going to preview three games, get into the prospects, wrap things up. But before that, I need to mention, because I didn't mention it in the first segment, this is the 700th podcast of my career. Started with uh, Paladino Live, had 22 episodes. That lasted to about August 2008. I started it in January. I had uh, I talked about Vikings, Wolves, and Wild. And then I sp- took the Vikings out of it, started Purple Mafia in April 2008, and then split Paladino Live ultimately into Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion. And ever since then, all these shows combined is 700. I also started with uh, Showtime and T-Wolves and recorded 14 of those episodes with Vince Germano out of Australia, Timberwolves and Lakers show. That show could revive again someday, hopefully. But here it is, episode overall number 700. 
and what an incredible run it has been. It has been an amazing run. I'm happy to be a part of it. Things always seem to wind up with uh, Brave the Wild. All the milestones, they always seem to wind up here like 400, 500. It's hilarious. I think uh, number 600 was with uh, Purple Mafia, though. So that one did go with the, the quote-unquote big show, you could say. That show gets it gets a seat. Uh, decent amount of listeners, to be quite honest. This one does too sometimes, though. Kind of ebbs and flows. Kind of ebbs and flows. The Timberwolves Explosions had some big amount of listeners here and there. Again, ebbs and flows. <clears throat> Vikings usually more consistent in terms of numbers. Uh, of course, during the offseason, things drop off dramatically for that show, at least early on. And then people get crazy. They can't wait for football. And then, like some of the May episodes or so, May or April, those tend to get insane numbers because people are so starving for the sport. Uh, and then this show and Timberwolves Explosion, I record them in the summer, like once a month, every three weeks, free agency, this and that, kind of catching up and things. And those tend to do fairly well, too, because people are getting hungry to talk about hockey or basketball. So let's get hungry and talk about the uh, <clears throat> three games coming up. Another national broadcast Sunday evening, 6 p.m. Sunday evening, hosting the Detroit Red Wings. Hopefully this thing turns out okay. I think it should. I like the Wilds' chances against the Detroit Red Wings and... I would hope these last two nasty-ass, butt-kicking, crappy games that the Wild will get things in gear, get their heads out of the ass, and outwork their competition. <laughs> yes, get their heads out of their ass and outwork the competition, like Bruce Boudreaux once told the Washington Capitals in that very famous uh, soundbite in the Capitals' locker room. Jimmy Howard's back. He's been having a nice, solid season, kind of, sort of. Not really. Uh, not as good as he had before. Peter Merzik. Merzik. <laughs> but, uh, yeah who ultimately was traded to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So, yeah, it's like the numbers are still there, but, uh, yeah, there's been no backup since. Jimmy Howard's been in net since the trade deadline. So, more than likely, we will see Jimmy Howard in net. He's been established. He's been there for a while now, obviously. Henrik Zetterberg still hanging on with 43 points over the course of the season. Dylan Larkin, 47, both of them with nine goals. Dylan Larkin, just four more assists there. Anthony Manta, Anthony Manta, 37 points. He's the leading goal scorer for the club of 21. He's the Jason Zucker, you could say, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of the Jason Zucker. you got guys like Mike Green, Thomas Tatar, Gustav Nyquist, who hit Charlie Coyle in the face last year, if I remember correctly, um, with his stick. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall. There's familiar names, but nothing spectacular with this club. They're still kind of, you know, in rebuilding mode. They've won two out of their last five. They lose three to two to uh, Buffalo at home. Ouch. They beat Carolina and New York back-to-back games there. Well, not, yeah, back-to-back. Three, three to one over Carolina and a three to two win in New York. They beat, they lose to St. Louis on the 21st of February. So nice win, I guess, for St. Louis there and then losing in Winnipeg four to three. Not a bad game for Detroit. Now they will head to Minnesota in the midst of a five-game road trip here. Uh, so, for the Detroit Red Wings, a very winnable game for the Wild. Quite frankly, I feel there is no excuse. Tyler Bertuzzi, not Todd, but Tyler Bertuzzi is on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Todd played there before, years ago. He kind of played all over the league because, I don't know, kind of bad reputation after things took place in Vancouver. Min- uh, Detroit did beat Minnesota very early in the season. In fact, the season opener on the 5th of October, 4-2, to not a good way to start the season against a fairly mediocre Detroit team that's no longer anything near what they were. Uh, they're kind of sort of hanging on, but not really. They're, yeah, 62 points, 26-28. They have no chance to make the playoffs. Zero chance. Um, uh, one of these days, they'll get things back together again. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, Detroit used to stink back back in the day, in the 70s and 80s. Nobody knew who the Detroit Red Wings were. And then in the early 90s, they started making the playoffs. And by the late 90s, they started winning Stanley Cups. Uh, by the early to mid-90s, they started getting super-duper good, but kept losing. <laughs> they, they'd lose in the finals to teams like uh, uh, New Jersey and such. So we'll see what happens with the Detroit Red Wings at the end of the day. I'm not looking forward to them getting good again, but at least they're in the Eastern Conference. Uh, long story longer, or should we say long story short, no excuse. Minnesota needs to win this game. Again, this is March the 4th. Sunday, March the 4th. Gotta like these Sunday evening games. Kind of chill before you have to go back to stinking work the next day. But something to chill and enjoy on a Sunday evening with uh, obviously football long gone in the rearview mirror here for quite a while. Um, I love, God, I love these Sunday night games. They're fun. Uh, I, I'm i going to definitely p- uh, pick a victory for the Wild. Will Dubnik be a net? I don't know what to think right now. Both Dubnik and Stalock were... I have a very sour taste in my mouth with both of the goalies right now. I mean, their last games were crap. I mean, Stalock was, was lousy against Arizona. He could have been better, and Dubnik... Ugh, 
Ooh. Then again, he faced a lot in that game. I'm guessing Dubnik will be in net. Stalek's been kind of off his game a bit of late. A, a little bit. Dubnik, he's hot and cold. God, he drives me nuts sometimes. And of course, he starts to sulk. And he did sulk a bit in that Colorado game. He's thrown teammates under the bus on occasion, kind of subtly in those little post-game interviews. He's done it many times. But then again, I think that, that, I think that locker room is more toxic than people want to admit. I wouldn't doubt it, but then when things go well, oh, we love each other, we're the greatest team ever, we just, oh, you know, greatest group of guys ever, and then when things start to go sour a bit, then you get, that's why you see Mike Yost uh, breaking sticks and cursing them out, saying, yeah, <laughs> you want to point fingers, that's a loser's attitude there, and similar things are going in St. Louis right now, so, I don't know, I'm dragging this too long, uh, Minnesota's going to beat the Detroit Red Wings, we'll go with 3-2 to two type of game, We'll, bit of, we'll play a bit more clamp-down defense. Jonas Brodin had some nice moments here and there. It's nice to see him back with the Wild again, healthy, skating out there again. Luke Cunning. I think Luke Cunning is going to score a goal against the Detroit Red Wings. I just got a feeling Luke Cunning is going to score early here. In his second game, returning to the Minnesota Wild, hopefully for good now. He's going to be a Minnesota Wild, not an Iowa Wild. Luke Cunning will score against the Detroit Red Wings. I wouldn't be surprised to see Parisi score another one. I, I'm sensing... Thing is starting to catch up a bit with Parisi now. He's starting to get his timing back. He's starting to look a little better, a little more sharp out there. I've got a feeling. Obviously, the effort's always been there, but uh, I'm going with Luke Cunning, but also i got a sneaky feeling Parisi will score in this game as well. Let's move on here. Got other games to preview, eh? Carolina Hurricanes. Minnesota Wild hosts the Carolina Hurricanes on the 6th of March, Tuesday. On a Tuesday. This one is not on national television, just uh, standard Fox Sports North Kind of like the Hurricanes. I always have a soft spot for them. Heck, they were the Hartford Whalers once, and I really loved the Hartford Whalers. I liked them more, though, before they added blue to their uniforms. I liked them when they were just green and white, kind of, you know. I, 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 the blue, yeah, you know. Let the Timberwolves be the Timberwolves or something, you know. <laughs> Cam Ward is still there. He's been there since, like, forever. Uh, he's been platooning with Scott Darling, of course, the former backup Chicago Blackhawks goalie with uh, Corey Crawford there. Scott Darling, nice backup there with the... Uh, Chicago Blackhawks has not done well in Carolina at all. Uh, over three goals a game. He's 10-16 and 16 on the year. Save percentage only 89. Ugh. And the Wiley veteran who won a Stanley Cup with Carolina over a decade ago with uh, Mr. Eric Stahl, of course, and Matt Collin, both on that team. Very, very, very cool. Uh, the younger brother, Jordan Stahl, still hanging in there. 14 goals, 36 total points. Tuivu Taranovin has been... Okay, what am I saying? Tara... Yeah, Tara Vanen has been awesome for them. 51 points on the season, 18 of them goals. He's been a very nice find for that club. Sebastian Ahu, Justin Williams, the Wiley veteran, also still skating with those Carolina Hurricanes all these years later. Jeff Skinner still there. Man, all these guys, they've been hanging around forever. <laughs> it's been impressive, actually, how long those guys have stuck around there. Uh, it's been, you know, it's a team that, you know... The, Gosh, will they, ever, will they ever be good again? I kind of hope so. They're at 69 points. They're four games above 500. They're kind of sort of in the mix. So they're hanging in there. Cam Ward, 19-9 and on the season with two shutouts. Again, Wiley veteran, uh, 91 state percentage. i got to think he'll be a net. This reeks of a trap game. I think the Wild win, though. I mean, don't lose this game at home, please. This, it's kind of like, you know, this team is better than Arizona. Absolutely. Uh, really impressed with Toivo Taravan. Taravanen, Taravanen. <laughs> God, that's a tough name. Double T. No, that's Trent Tucker. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, very winnable game. Obviously, don't like the matchup, though. The Wild always lose to this team. I, it's stupid. Uh, we lost in a shootout earlier this season back on, wow, way back in October. It's a crappy start to the season for the Wild, by the way, and it kind of lingered forever. The Wild were kind of catching up most of the year, trying to get back to where you want us to be. Um, Wild would have to have a spectacular record to finish with last year's 106 points, which even, and, and, and that was after a pretty nasty drop-off in the months of February and March and into April last year, with a cute little finish at the end, the last week or so, against some awful Colorado team, a couple games against Colorado and such. Um, I remember we get lost, we got shut down pretty badly by Eddie Lack last year against Carolina. You gotta start beating teams like Carolina and Arizona. I mean, Carolina's better than they've been, but they're still not good. I mean, show you're serious, Minnesota. Show you're serious. Will Stalock be a net? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. Just to switch things up, you know. I mean, with both goalies struggling, 
Maybe you have like a mini- miniature platoon here and there. That way nobody gets too much time in the net. Carolina, by the way, two out of their last five. They lost three in a row to Pittsburgh, Detroit, Boston, and then they beat Philadelphia 4-1 to one on the road. That's pretty good. And then a win at home against New Jersey 3-1. to one. That's really good. So a couple of solid games. Cam Ward net there. Uh, not bad. They've been putting the clams down. Why do I have a feeling it's going to be extremely low scoring? It might be like a 2-1 to one win for the Wild. Maybe a 3-2 shootout or overtime victory for Minnesota. I'm hoping something along the likes of the Wild get the job done. Eric Stahl will score against his former team and will lead the Wild to victory at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be an overtime or shootout, I, I think. It's going to probably be another close one. But Minnesota will win the game 3-2 to two, one way or the other, overtime or shootout, luckily. So the Wild will get a couple wins here. This one does reek of a trap game, though. God, I, I don't trust him. <laughs> I don't trust him. I mean, I, I think the Wild's chances are almost better against the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know what to think here. It's driving me nuts. I mean, the way the Wild played the last two games, not sure I could pick Minnesota to go 3-0 and here. That would be kind of crazy. Um, boy. Um, it's at Vancouver. Boy, I, I don't know. That one will, yeah, that, that one will be the loss out of the three. Minnesota will beat Carolina. Something of the likes. Eric Stahl most likely got a score. Let's go to Vancouver. The Wild are always funny there. These games are weird. Friday night, nice late uh, West Coast type of game. Kind of fun. Vancouver's struggled. They're seventh place in the Pacific. They're still slightly better than Arizona, at least, but still well below 500. Brock Besser's been an incredible find for that club. Jacob Markstrom is all right in that. He's been okay. Anders Nielsen has been adequate as well. They've formed a little bit of a platoon, but uh, they kind of had, but Nielsen has really, really fallen off the face of the earth after an extremely strong start of the season, and Jacob Markstrom has settled down. He'd been kind of a career backup platoon type of guy, but he's settled down into a pretty solid starting role for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, just under 91% save percentage. Not that good. 2.79, but neither is Dubnik or Stalag right now. 17-21 and 21 on the year is Markstrom. Just okay. Uh, Brock Besser, though, 29 goals on the year. He'll get his 30th either between one way or another. He'll have his 30th goal by the time he plays the Wild. Maybe he'll score against us, and that would totally figure. Would have loved to have Brock Besser instead of Erickson Eck. Would have been nice, but of course we don't. Uh, Hendrik Sandin all passing. He's just like Gretzky in his old days in a lot of ways. Only two goals on the year, but 41 points. Remember, Gretzky only had nine goals in his final season, but like 50 assists. It's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of like Hendrik Sandin, who's been struggling this year, but still getting lots of assists. Daniel Sandin, though, 21 goals. Second behind Brock Besser for this club. Thomas Vanek, who did not get traded. So, yeah, probably not enough people wanted him. Uh, Vancouver won out of their last five. They've only beaten Arizona. Otherwise, they've lost to Vegas. Colorado, New York, and Nashville. They've lost three in a row officially. They will play the Islanders and the Arizona Coyotes between um, now and then. They will again host the Minnesota Wild on March the 9th, Friday, March the 9th. Um, another funny matchup. I never like this at all. Vancouver's 2-0 and against the Wild this year. I'm taking a sweep, and I hate saying it. I hate it. Uh, it's a crappy matchup. The Minnesota Wild couldn't even beat Vancouver at home. Maybe... Maybe Mikhail Granlin will get a hat-trick in Vancouver. Uh, go get him, Mikhail Granlin. Go get him. But right now, I think Vancouver's going to win the game. I, I just don't like it. I hate these matchups, and it's a back-to-back again coming up. Uh, I forget. Who, who are we playing? Oh, Edmonton. That's who it is on Saturday. Back-to-back game. I think you have Staylock and Net, and I don't think it's going to be that good of a game. Uh, I don't. Uh, I just got a crappy feeling it's going to be some, like, 4-2 to two bull crap. Maybe the fourth goal will be empty netter, but the Wild do not win the game. The most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild will be Parisi. Uh, I'll pick Parisi to score against the Vancouver Canucks. Again, I've liked what uh, Parisi's been doing of late. I'm almost thinking Koivu as well, but no, Parisi right now. Uh, he's just been playing better. He's been factoring a bit, so I've been happy. I, I got a feeling maybe Parisi scores both of the goals in the game, but uh, hopefully Luke Cunning goes on some kind of a tear here. Uh, kind of gets his career started after an extremely slow start in the scoring department, but still solid, intelligent play out there. Still, you're seeing nice uh, signs of what uh, Cunning could be, maybe a future captain or at least an alternate uh, in the years to come for the Minnesota Wild, but I'm going to pick a 3-2, 4-2 to to, to to loss with the empty netter against the Vancouver Canucks. Just a crappy matchup. They'll pull out the brooms, which is really annoying considering Vancouver's not good at all. But I don't know. It's just one of those teams that the Wild don't play well against. Kind of like Carolina. But I think the Wild will beat Carolina and not beat Vancouver. 
I'm going to reserve the right, though, to flip-flop those two games. Don't be surprised if it goes the other way, but we'll see. Uh, I hope the, I hope and believe the Wild will beat uh, Edmonton Oilers Saturday night, though, with Devin Dubnik in that. That's my guess. That's all my guess. Again, might be the opposite goalies, but why wouldn't you put Dubnik against Edmonton, particularly against a team that he played against before? Uh, stay luck will be against Vancouver. That's just my guess. So there's your uh, there's your previews for the week. Two and one, that's okay. Now let's talk about the prospects, eh? All right, let's roll here. Iowa Wild, well, again, I mean, this schedule is just annoying. It's like they play a couple games on the weekend, and then, oh, nothing until Saturday again. A couple games on the weekend, oh, nothing until Saturday again. It's just like, come on. Tired of waiting for these guys to play, damn it. Uh, Sam Anas up to Anna, uh, Sam Anas. I'm, I'll get it right one of these decades. Decades, not years, not days, decades. Uh, just just behind Cal O'Reilly with 43 points at this point, at this point. Brendan Mendel did as a sixth goal of the season. He's got six goals now for the uh, Iowa Wild. He's a plus five. Really impressed. Brendan Mendel, plus five with Iowa. Right shot defenseman and, again, undrafted free agent. Only 20 years old out of Woodbury, Minnesota. Wonderful story. It's going to happen one of these days. He's going to skate with the Wild, I think. He is the uh, leading scorer of people his age. Uh, Luke Cunning, well, he played less games and all that, this and that, but still less points, and he plays a forward position. He's a minus six on the season was Luke Cunning, but of course now up with Minnesota. Carson Soucy stuck at 10 points, but plus 14. He's been awesome. Uh, plus 14. Very, very good story there. Carson Soucy, boy, well, Ryan Murphy's a right shot defenseman. Next time we need a left shot defense, and Nick, uh, Nick Taylor, yeah, he's here already, and he's been very solid. He's been a nice story. Uh, not as Not as exciting a week, necessarily, but still He's been a very, very strong, strong, solid uh, force for the Minnesota Wild at the left shot defenseman. Third pairing, second pairing, whatever it is. Uh, Carson Soucy will skate with the Wild one day and for many years, I think. Unless, of course, he gets traded, which could also happen. <laughs> I hope not. Ryan Murphy, again, he's the uh, replacement if anything happens to any of the right shot defensemen, most likely. But one of these days, it's going to be Brendan Mantle. And, of course, you have guys of the likes of... Luis, Luis Belpidio, Belpidio, Belpidio. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Yeah, sure I did. <laughs> but uh, overall, though, things getting a little quieter as, of course, we head into the uh, college tournaments and all that. Ivan Ladnia, third round pick for the Wild this past season, of course, skating for the Erie Otters. He's He's getting a couple points here and there, just an assist, a goal here and there. He's at 57 points, now one pass last year. With uh, five games in hand, that's, again, a thing we like to always talk about here. Um, Nick Sweeney's finished with 20 points in the regular season on 26 games for the Duluth, Bull, uh, Duluth Bulldogs. There we go. I'm saying it right now, which is nice. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, we already talked about that, his amazing Olympics, and talks that he will be with the Wild one day. We just have to be patient. We don't have to worry too much about if he actually will skate for the Wild or not. Uh, Jordan Greenway finishing with 27 points on the season. Of course, missed some games because he was busy with the Olympics. 27 points in 30 games, 10 of them goals. Talked about that already. So when the season ends here, as I don't think Boston University is going to make the NCAA tournament, so it could be just within a week or two here. Jordan Greenway, the talks may begin. I'm thinking like two weeks or so. Jordan Greenway just might be skating for Minnesota or for the... Uh, Iowa Wild, at least, at the very least. But I would not be surprised if he actually skates with Minnesota right away and see what happens. If he fits in and if he's ready to go, there you go. Otherwise, they send him down to Iowa and let him get his uh, hone, hone his skills a bit to get ready for the National Hockey League. But uh, he fits nicely with his physical game and definitely his skills. They do translate to the National Hockey League, as most people would tell you. Luis Belpidio, same thing. I don't think the Miami uh, Scarlet Knights, I call them the Red Knights, so they're the Scarlet Knights. Let's be a little more fancy, a little more respectful here. 27 points in the 33 games. Career highs in the offensive statistics. He was a plus three this year, much better than previous seasons. And the Scarlet Knights definitely had uh, struggled this year. But generally speaking, great senior season for Luis Belpedio, the third-round pick, 80th overall in 2014. At age 21, still got a long, long life ahead of him, long career ahead of him, 5'10". A little bit of, little bit of Spurgeon going on there. A <laughs> little bit of Spurgeon, but not that much. A little bit larger, I would say. Slightly larger, but definitely brings the skill that I think will be exciting in the years to come. Pavel Genis, genis of the 
Rapid City Rush, very quiet week, unfortunately. Dmitry Sokolov, the Sokolov watch with the Barry Colts, just playing like a superstar. Uh, we'll get back to him in a second. Andrei Svetlakov, 17 points in the 37 games of the KHL this season. He's now equal in terms of games played, and he's got one more point, but three more goals than last season. Does Mr. Svetlakov. As again, the Barry Colts superstar <laughs> Sokolov. Uh, who's got, he's got an even better player on his team, uh, Lukic, Lukic, if I'm saying it correctly, 100 points there. Uh, Barry Colts, though, already, he's already eclipsed his total season scoring with the Sudbury Wolves at Sokolov. Three points last night, 41 on the season, just crazy in 21 games. He had 38 points in 35 games for the Sudbury Wolves. Now he's at 41 of the Barry Colts. Just makes a huge difference when you're playing with a better team. I mean, Sudbury had, like, nothing going on. They're, they sucked. I mean, it was always 7-2, to two, you know, 5-1 to one type of games. And then Sokolov would have some quiet nights because of that. But, uh, wow, playing with the Barry Colts with some skill there, it's been pretty fun. Uh, this is what I wanted to talk about. I almost forgot. Mike Riley, of course, traded to the Montreal Canadiens for, for a fifth-round pick, uh, Played his second game last night for Montreal. First game, not so much, but he's at 21 minutes with Montreal. He's been playing on the second pairing. And he's been getting significant minutes for the Montreal Canadiens. And he had two assists last night, a career high. So, yeah, two assists for Mike Riley. That figures. But, yep, it was a 6-3 victory for the Montreal Canadiens. And Carey Price has been out forever again. I don't know. That team is weird. But uh, good luck to Mike Riley. Already two points, a two-point game for, for Riley. So good for him, I suppose. I mean, what are you going to do about it, right? <laughs> Not a whole lot you can do. Unfortunately, uh, best of luck to him as we move forward. Mario Lucius, he, he, he's played nine goals for the Devils, the Berm, <laughs> Binghampton Devils. I keep wanting to say Birmingham, but it's not. Binghampton, he had a two-goal game, and he's had nothing since. So whatever, nine games, only two goals for him. Bersketsky has been playing much better, though, over there with uh, the Binghampton Devils. He's got eight points in the ten games he's played for them. Very good, good for him. He's doing a little Sokolov action. Binghampton Devils just needed to change the scenery. Eight points and then only ten games. So good for him. Maybe he'll emerge. Maybe he'll skate for the New Jersey Devils one day. But uh, apparently not for Minnesota. He skated a couple games here, but nothing special. Nothing great to talk about. Uh, Avery Peterson also, as uh, Duluth's season will eventually come to an end here. Will they make the tournament? Will they not? I don't know. They, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Maybe Avery Peterson. i got to think he'll be signed or at least a minor league type of deal here to join the uh, Rapid City Rush or probably the Iowa Wild. He'll probably start with Iowa and see what happens. Avery Peterson obviously finishing up his senior season there. As he's getting old now, he's getting old. He's, he's, he was taken in the same draft as Carson Soucy. So look look at it that way. Uh, Dylan Labe finally added another point. Dylan Labe finally, <laughs> finally added another point this past week. Very quiet. Fourth round pick in 2013, a left shot defense. And again, good luck. To him, unfortunately, not going to be easy. So that pretty much should wrap up the look at the major prospects at this point. Looking forward to bringing in some guys here as we as the college season comes to an end. I'm looking forward to it. Jack Sadik, I got to think he's going to stay for a senior season. Um, only nine points this year. Looks strong, though. He, obviously, a solid defenseman. He's getting smarter. He's been playing on the top pairing with Lindgren, and I like him. I like what I see out of Jack Stadick, number two for the Minnesota Gophers there. Junior season, he'll he'll return for his senior year, I gotta think. He looks like a four-year guy in college. And then, off to the system he goes, probably Iowa. He'll, maybe he'll replace Nick Steeler, I guess. I'm Pretty much, that's a uh, solid belief there. But I believe Stadick is a right-shot defenseman, and yes, he is. That's what I thought. He's the same age as Brennan Mennell, so you get the stay-at-home, steady, strong guy in Mr. Jack Sadick, he's six foot two, not as big, not as big and heavy as Nick Steeler, but he's got time to bulk up. Um, and then, of course, you have the smaller skill guy in Brennan Mennell with the right shot. So it'll be an interesting combination there. See how things head in the future. It's going to be a tough time for some of these guys to make it to the NHL, but that's why they call it professional. It's that's why it's the pros. It's not easy to do. So let's get to the contact details. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Always want to thank Hockey Podcast for mentioning the show. And spreading it out to other potential hockey fans out there. Thank you so much, Hockey uh, Podcast. You also have, again, uh, Vince Germano retweets the show. Thank you again very much, Australia. Big shout-out to Benny Allen, also in Australia. Thank you very much. Good fan of this show and good fan of the Minnesota Wild. Nice to know there's an Australian following for hockey here locally. Uh, big shout-outs, again, Pavel Bunyat, uh, Merrick Skybaugh, Jim Maddell, 
Chad Walski, of course, Chance Kostek. How could I not shout out to him? Of course, uh, my brother's brother-in-law. So he's essentially my brother-in-law as well, David Kostek. He met Bruce Boudreau not that long ago. And he was joking. <laughs> he was he met Bruce Boudreau at the Blue, uh, watching the Blue Hawks game. That's uh, Blue Hawks, Blue Ox game, Blue Ox game. That's uh, Bruce Boudreau owns that club, kind of a junior club there. Uh, developmental hockey for the youngsters out there. Uh, and Bruce Boudreau, during the power play, for that team was like, I don't understand why these guys don't shoot more. And then <laughs> David Kostek, that's Chance Kostek's father, of course, uh, my brother's father-in-law, says, <laughs> I say the same thing about you guys. And then Bruce Brudo uh, Bruce replied back with, yeah, so do I. <laughs> shoot on the damn power play, right? And I know you're looking for lays, but sometimes guys get too scared, too timid. They, they always got to pass, too many passes. And too many passes. Watch with your bleeping passes there. You know, obviously Bruce Boudreaux cursed at, uh, uh, in a friendly, more of a teacher type of way to uh, Jonas Brodeen last year. More of in a serious way. Just watch out. You almost gave up a, a freaking breakaway, you son of a gun. Basically is what Bruce Boudreaux was saying in a moment last year that got, got me to chuckle. You better watch those Evan passes. And yeah, he said the whole word. Big surprise that Bruce Boudreaux would drop an F-bomb. Big shocker there, eh? So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to all you guys. Pavel Bunet, Marek Skyba, MNW players out of the Czech Republic. Just awesome guys there. Love the uh, Czech following out there. I'm sure some of them follow the show, listen to the show. Some people out there in the Czech Republic. Big shout out to you guys in Europe there. Uh, thanks again. Wonderful page. They talk about everything Minnesota from Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, all the way down to... Pavel Jennings, uh, Kabo Kalkinen, you know, all the way into the system, Kirill Kaprizov. And, of course, how can you not talk about Kirill Kaprizov other than you're getting impatient, tired of waiting, but you have to wait. 2019-ish, uh, we'll hopefully see him. <sighs> yeah, all kinds of background stories, like the truth. Oh, Kirill Kaprizov's mad at the wild. Screw you guys, I'm staying here. Whereas it sounds more of like they kind of forced him to sign the contract. Uh, uh, it sucks, but it is what it is. So, at least Sokolov is in North America. I've always talked about that. Next year, he's got to at least get for Iowa, if not Minnesota. Get Dimitri, man. We want Dimitri. We want Dimitri. <laughs> and hopefully, Andrei Svetlakov continues to develop. He's the same age, and he's playing in the same league as Kirill Kaprizov, but ugh, not even close so far. But there's time, and maybe he's more of a defensive type of guy anyway. There's plenty of defensive forwards out there. Maybe he's a Daniel Winnick for Russia. You know, he's a Daniel Winnick type of player. So be it. Uh, it's not like he was taken the first round or anything. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, yes, he should have been taken higher. But again, this is why he wasn't taken higher, because you don't know if they're ever going to come. That's why. It's not because you don't like him. It's because you don't know. Damn it. That's why. So that's the whole situation there. That's why Ricky Rubio slipped in the NBA draft, because I knew he was going to say, sorry, I'm, I'm staying in uh, Spain for another couple of years. So that's what happened. Of course, Rubio not living up to being a number two pick anyway, a <laughs> number two overall pick in the NBA anyway, and <laughs> be a bit more of a bit more of a mid round pick as far as I'm concerned. But okay, why am I talking about Ricky Rubio? Who cares, right? This ain't this ain't no basketball show. This is hockey. This is hockey. Damn it, we stay out of politics a bit more than that than that league. Thank God in heaven for that. So final contact details again at Brave the Wild is for the Twitter account, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do check that out. Do join the uh, MNW players. I'll have a link there. I'm an admin for that page. So those guys will make a return to that page at some point very soon. Um, final thing again: the phone lines 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Brave the Wild podcast or Brave the Wild show or whatever it is. Um, Give your statement, shout out, comment, question, opine. It, it's a three-minute limit for that one. Uh, the call now button goes to the same thing. So same situation is through Facebook Messenger so you can get on board as long as you have some kind of internet or Wi-Fi or whatever, some kind of data connection. You'll get through with no charge whatsoever. The days of long distance are long gone, eh? So that's the good part. <laughs> I like to say eh, don't I? Then there's the final route, which is audio submission. Use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. They all have free voice recording applications. Treat it like a phone call. Save it. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All of this information will be in the show description because it always is. Copy and paste, whatever it is. You're just, oh, that's what it is. And you just write it, whatever. Copy, paste purposes, whatever you want to do. Email it to me. I will convert it from whatever file it is into an MP3 and put it onto this 
podcast on this show in this segment. And you get to hear your voice is mine. And nothing better than that. Talking about Dmitry Sokolov. Talking about Kirill Kaprizov. Talking about Stahl. Talking about Parisi. Talking about Mikhail Grenlin, baby. Or is it Gronlin? Yes, it's Gronlin, but it's Gronlin. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is Gronlin. But I guess here in the United States and Canada and all that, we say Gronlin because we just do. And he's okay with it. So it is what it is. Doggone it. Thanks again. Please do write a positive review for this show on iTunes or Stitcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a huge shout out to thank you on the air. It'd be uh, it's worth its weight in gold. It really is. So thanks again. It would only help this show in a big way. If you like this show and want to support it, that's a great way to do it. So until next week, hopefully the Wild get their act together. They've been playing so well, and then they just wow, they fell off the face of the earth. Let's get it back together again very quickly. Lots of Eastern Conference, or starting out with the Eastern Conference, and then we go west, big time there, into Alberta and uh, British Columbia. And you host Colorado again a week from Tuesday. Wow. Mm, got some national broadcasts coming up. That's cool. All right, enough of me. It's time for you to do whatever you want. Hopefully stick with the show, tell your friends about it. But we'll talk to you in a week.